Hi there, you're listening to the Speak On It podcast, a program facilitated by Youth Advisory Board members of the Steve Fund. The Steve Fund is one of the leading nonprofit organizations in the United States that promotes the emotional and mental health of students of color. The goal of this podcast is to create a space for students and professionals alike to come together to discuss a plethora of topics relating to mental health and the challenges that Black, Indigenous, and people of color may face during their academic and professional careers. Before we begin our conversation, we would like to leave a disclaimer that this podcast cannot and should not substitute a mental health provider. If you or a loved one need help, please reach out to your primary care provider or the Steve Fund Crisis Hotline, which you can access by texting Steve to 741-741. Thank you and enjoy. everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today on Speak On It, we're going to be talking about resilience. For this podcast, we have myself and two other YAB members. Let's start with some introductions. Hi, everyone. Um, To start off our podcast, let's go ahead and do something called Rosebud Thorn. A rose is something good that has happened this week. A bud is something that you're hopeful for, and a thorn was just a pain in the butt. Rosebud and thorn. A rose is something beautiful. A thorn is a pain, and a bud is something you're looking forward to. So, for me personally, a rose this week would be that I'm starting to get back on routine. Um, for the past week and a half, I've been having kind of an off, off, like period with my like headspace, but I'm finally getting to a more productive space. Um, A bud would be that I'm starting classes next week for the first time in like a year and a half. Um, So a little excited to kind of push my boundaries like mentally. And then finally a thorn for me would be the lack of face mask usage um, and that I've been noticing in terms of like people not social distancing properly. But yeah. That's it for me. Okay. Um, for me, my name is Kaylin, and I guess a rose this week would be that I've had more time to like plant succulents in my garden. Um, a bud, something that I'm hopeful for, is I guess spending time with my family after I'm done studying for tests. And then a thorn would be having to give my dog a bath because <laughs> that takes a long time and a lot of effort. <laughs> I'm Danny and I am 19. I'm from New York. And my rosebud and thorn would be, well, my rose would be recording this with you guys today because this is a lot of fun and definitely a highlight in my day. <laughs> and then a thorn would be going to bed a little bit too late and waking up this morning with kind of a sore throat because sometimes I do that when I go to bed not even that late like 12 or 1 or something and I'll have a little bit of a sore throat but luckily it went away I drank some tea and I'm going to try to go to bed uh, more on time so I can kind of wake up and start my day off right the way that I want to so that would be my bud looking forward to that awesome so I guess like as a general preface of our topic for this episode um, is that For me, I've had, like, a history in terms of, like, the word, like, resiliency, um, especially in, like, higher education. 
um, because I've personally seen it been used in a connotation where like it kind of downplays like struggles that a lot of like marginalized communities go through or like a lot of the hardships and obstacles that you go to um, and people kind of tend to go to this like definition or idea of what resiliency is and they kind of like wave their hand or shake you off or wave you off and they're like you, you need to be more resilient like fuck up like you got this um, and I think that in a way it can be it can be supportive it can be like a good like a positive connotation but on the flip side like for individuals that may not necessarily be quote-unquote like resilient um, I think it plays into the conversation of like, is there something wrong with me if I'm not resilient? Um, so I thought it was like an interesting topic to have um, various youth um, bring in their perspectives. So what uh, what are y'all's thoughts? Well, when Jay first told me about this idea, um, I definitely, I didn't relate personally to it as much um, because I haven't been to college yet, but I've noticed that different institutions tend to use this word. And I think it can, I've definitely seen like different effects, like um, students feeling like, okay, it's great that I'm resilient, so I probably shouldn't go to therapy. I probably shouldn't ask for help or show weakness because that would just kind of take away from certain accomplishments or feeling like they are like, um, I guess being like the ideal student. Um, and then also resilient used, I guess, to refer to people of color, implying that they should expect um, certain challenges, like unique challenges, which is true, but almost like saying that that's an inherent thing and that should just be expected and, and not really challenged. Yeah, I think that like also when people use the word resilient and like what Jay was saying and how it has like a negative connotation, people say like, oh, you're not being resilient enough. So then it makes people think, oh, maybe I'm not trying hard enough. So like, maybe I just got to keep doing it and maybe it'll get better or like it will get better. But Sometimes it just doesn't happen if you think that way. Yeah, and I really like that you mentioned that, Kaylin, because like uh, one of the other things that I see when like people use the word resilient is like for like students of color, especially if they're like living with um, like a mental illness or they're like starting to come into terms with um, whatever their diagnoses may be, um, there's already a stigma involved around mental health. Um, and then this like concept of like resiliency that then comes into play as well, um, I feel like it can, can potentially also be like another like shame factor. Because um, I know personally, like when I was first diagnosed with like um, depression, anxiety, like there was a lot of shame that was like, oh my gosh, like there's something wrong with me, like, I have depression, I have anxiety, like, I'm not strong, da-da-da-da-da. Um, and then, like, you have this other conversation of, like, oh, like, if you're resilient enough, uh, you'll be able to overcome, like, your symptoms of, like, anxiety or depression. Um, and then that kind of, like, brings on the flip side of, like, what happens if, like, people aren't resilient enough or they don't have those resiliency factors? Um, and it kind of brings in another angle of weakness i guess that like if you're not resilient um that's like another factor in terms of your weakness and your struggles um and i think it can also play into like learned helplessness as a result of which um but i don't know that's just my thoughts yeah. i like what you said about how 
having some sort of mental illness is sort of like a shame for some families. I know that when I asked to go see like a psychologist because like my teachers recommended it, my parents, they were like, why do you like need to do that? And I was like, I don't know, they just recommended me. So I went to talk to them. And then on the car ride back, my dad had asked me like, or no, it was like my mom, she was saying, oh, you know, there's going to be a lot of, like, struggles in life, but, you know, you're in America now, and, like, it's different from, like, how I grew up, and I was like, yeah, it's different. It's the 21st century, and it's America, and, like, technology is everywhere, and people are different, and my mom was like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, life is going to get better. Like, it's good, and I was like, she's like, you have to be grateful for what you have, you know, just persevere. Like, you know, your life isn't that bad. I was like, okay. But she's not really fond of the idea of being res. She doesn't really know the term resilience because I guess it's not like in their vocabulary when they came to America, like as you said. But perseverance is like one of the words that I've heard a lot to get through my life and tough issues. Doesn't really help, but it's there. Yeah, I think. I don't know if this is like an Asian American thing or like if it's just like a common thing in terms of like. POCs, um, but I like, like I actually get irked when my parents are like, you just need to persevere. Like you kind of have to like persist. Like you have to keep your head down um, and just like roll with the punches of like everything that's coming at you. And I'm just kind of like, no, like I feel like if, like it's one thing if it's like something like personally for me, like if I'm not able to like reframe properly reframe like a certain context of it and maybe it's just like me viewing something like too much in a negative connotation like maybe that's the reason and like I need to reframe on that um but then there are other circumstances where it's like no these are like environmental societal and institutional issues or concerns that are coming to play that need to be discussed and like I can't just roll with the punches um because I don't know if this is like a toss toss like haha like I'm attempting to be a social justice warrior or whatever but I'm just kind of like if I'm going through this like how many other people have to go through this as well and then how many more people like after me are going to have to go through this and it's like a story of like how much we have to continuously like endure persist and etc um as individuals and as opposed to like working to change the institutions and change the environment to ensure that um, everyone as a community can be uplifted. Yeah, sometimes it's just too much. But like even in general, like when I was younger, um, I would have to go to like, okay, basic Asian things. Um, I would have to go to like piano lessons and then I would have to do like some sport and then I would have to do homework and go to like church and everything. And it was just like a lot. And my dad would say, you know, you got to make time. You just got to Go, you got to go through it, get your homework done, then study for this and then do that. And it got so much, like, especially when I was young, I was like in third grade. And then in fourth grade, I was sort of like a rebel and kind of stubborn. And I would tell my parents, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I don't have enough time to like do like my 100% best and like every single thing that they're making me do. And so they sort of like kind of find me as like a disappointment for not being resilient because I like, changed what I had to do. I changed like my situation and what it's like make my life better, but there's like shame in doing so.
sometimes, especially when it's so helpful. Yeah. I don't know if this has happened to you, but like I've had like similar situations where like I've had like tons of extracurriculars like growing up and like my parents would go off this like thing of like they're like tell me to like persevere, but like I think they really meant like to be like resilient and be able to like deal with it and like endure everything. Um and like I stayed up like late nights as like an elementary or like middle school or like doing homework and extent. I don't know if this is the same case for y'all. And then my parents would be nagging at me and they're like, why are you up at like one in the morning? And I'm like, because you made me do Taekwondo for like two hours every day. And like, it cuts into school and it cuts into all these extracurriculars. <laughs> like I go to school from like eight to three and then from three to five, I do extracurriculars and five to seven, I do Taekwondo. Like when am I supposed to do homework? Like, yeah, like <laughs> I would get back from soccer and then I had to have, I would have to have dinner with like the family and they take forever to eat. And I'm just like, I got a lot of homework. And then I, it'd be like 10 o'clock and my dad would be like, it's late. Like you gotta wake up early. And I was like, I haven't even done anything yet. <laughs> like annoying but you know life apparently. I grew up with a lot of extracurriculars too I remember in middle school we did um, swimming and piano like our two main things my brothers and I all did it and I guess that was like the start of that for us like we all had the same things and then in high school we got a little bit more freedom to choose the different things that we wanted to do which I'm happy about because I ended up finding like different interests and passions um but it can definitely feel like a lot and I think the hardest thing for me was just like pushing through um, high school, especially having like really bad social anxiety and I went to different psychologists and they'd give me different strategies and I'd leave and feel like really empowered and like on top of the world, like I can tackle this issue. And then going to school and then just feeling like basically really anxious and isolated and not really thriving in that area. And I think, I think my parents handled it like pretty well. Like I think, um, and they just kind of, I think it came to a certain point where they were like, okay, we have to address this. But other than that, like, I think um, they just really understood their responsibility to just get me to kind of persevere through it. Because I remember one day just pulling up to school and I just did not want to get out of the car. Like, um, and then my mom was just like, you can do it. And we just did like a meditation together. And then that like helped me. So I think things like that and tools and, and just like, um, I guess being with me through a lot of it is really what got me through a lot of it. So I think that's like a big thing. And, and I felt like I could speak up and like tell them because I just felt like they would um, understand or at least try to understand. So I was really grateful for that. Yeah, so. I think it's pretty cool how you have like such supportive parents. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I really love how you mentioned the, how your parents and your own like personal, like social network was able to help um facilitate your persistence like I prefer to use that word <laughs> over resiliency um your persistence in terms of like um, being able to go to school and etc um and I think like idealistically um resiliency would encompass that but like for me again the current connotations and the current usage of it it's more it kind of puts all the spotlight on the individual whereas persistence is like everyone your community and that yeah, yeah um, working think, together yeah and i think that's like really important in terms of these conversations especially in higher education and um in terms of like in high school too like in terms of like graduation rates especially for um like a lot of like marginalized populations is like how do we ensure that they graduate how do we ensure that if they if they want to um to be able to 
succeed in higher education or through technical school, vocational school, whatever their ambitions are. Um, and I think it's the conversation of like, what can we do as a community to help these individuals persist? Like what are environmental factors or societal factors that we can kind of lower the, lower the barrier for and allow them to be able to overcome those? Yeah, I love the idea of like working together and being able to feel like we can talk about these things because when we're kind of putting labels or saying like it's good to be resilient, that's um, we're kind of looking at like I guess the task at hand and the individual and focusing on that. But I guess a more holistic approach would be like how can we support these people as they're going through it? How can we um, leverage community and our circle of friends and family and um, work through things that way. Because I think in reality, I think that gets you a lot farther, for sure. And I think that a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes that people don't really talk about at school as much. So. Yeah, you need to like recognize the situation. Like um, resiliency ties in with ego, with like the whole idea that, you know, if other people are doing it, then so can I. But to be resilient means to recognize your situation and make a change. And sometimes you have to be vulnerable to ask for help. And like sometimes people find difficulty in doing so. It's just like human nature. Like you don't want to show people that you're failing. Yeah. It's like the ego thinks that if I, the ego thinks that certain things have to happen a certain way. Um, it's just kind of like the pride, I think, coming from instead of being just trying to get the task done. It's almost just like, and I have to look a certain way while I'm doing it. And it has to be like 100% me, even though like almost nothing is like 100% you. <laughs> like we glorify people who are successful and self-made, but or not even, maybe they are self-made. But like what about the people who just worked with others or who co-founded something instead of founding something? Like how is that any less? It's almost just like the ego prizes individuality a lot. Yeah. But a lot of the big things that have happened for like humanity have been like a team effort. <laughs> yeah, even like with going down the same path. Sometimes the path isn't for everyone. Like everyone has their own path. You have that whole idea. But like, for instance, um, when it, like, okay, I want to become like a doctor or like, I want to go somewhere down in the medical field. And so for everyone else who wants to do that, they all think the same path is like, okay, I'm going to go to like a four year undergrad and then graduate school and then like medical school and blah, blah, blah. And like my major has to be bio because you know, bio is going to get me into the medical field. But there's like so many other majors that like, uh, medical schools are like they like as well aside from bio but people just think like there's only one path to do something and they think that's the correct one and I love how you mentioned that because I think that's actually one of our later one of uh, like a later episode that we have in terms of like career goals or really? life goals mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah I and how life is not linear mm -hmm. so I think that's like an interesting topic for anyone who's interested in following up on that please look for that one um but so another thing i want to bring up is in terms of resiliency like at least from what i've seen like it kind of creates an atmosphere where um it discourages people from alternating from the status quo in a certain extent because you're just enduring it you're just putting up with it um, and then you move on with it and you kind of leave whatever it was that you're dealing with um, as is. So what are y'all's thoughts on that? 
yeah it's it's being i think less mindful like less conscious of certain things um and the com the complaining can kind of just keep going on and on without like any real change happening i i remember in high school like we people would say okay i have so much work uh like I have some, and, and just like talking about it, it's not the same thing as doing it. Yeah, just the idea that it's just the general expectation and, and just going with that and not, um, yeah, just not being mindful enough to kind of challenge that. I, I guess we're not advocating for people to just stop doing their work and like go protest outside of school, but just like <laughs> the way that it happens. Like, I guess what I would suggest is um, offer to invite someone to be a homework buddy or like do something together or just just be honest you're like I was up all night studying for this thing and I think people do that with their close friends but I think um they might be more guarded with other people in the grade so hmm. yeah I don't know there's a bunch of random thoughts <laughs> I'm not sure if this relates but like when people say like they tried and then people tell them to persevere it's like you actually have to like try you have to actually try to like achieve your goal because like we grew up in like in a world of like instant gratification we're like like, you know, like when it comes to like your cell phone, like if you want to like talk to someone, you just got to click on it and that's it. You don't have to like go out, drive somewhere just to talk to someone. Yeah. If we fail, like when we were younger, our parents would like coddle us. Like, you know, like with science fair, they'll be like, oh, like you didn't get first place. That's okay. Like you get like an honor, like participation award, like a ribbon or whatever. And then like people are told like, if you fail, just like try, try again. And like, you know, eventually you'll get a gold medal. But Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like having a growth mentality instead of um, the other one, which is just kind of like thinking that you already have to have it made and you have to like kind of um, being intelligent or being smart is just kind of like a, a, a trait that you're born with. And if you don't have it, you can't move up. But I think a growth mentality accepts failure as a as part of the way, part of the path to success. So. Yeah. Yeah, just knowing that you actually have to try and, and stick with it to a certain extent, I think. I think sometimes we think if we just don't have it um, instantly, then it's just not meant to be. Yeah, yeah. that ties into the idea of, like, nature versus nurture. Sometimes people, like, say, like, oh, like, when it comes to, like, your intelligence level, it ties into the idea of nature versus nurture. And it's like, oh, I'm just, like, by nature kind of stupid, so, like, there's nothing I can do about it. Like, and I'm just like, I don't think that's how it works. I think I remember reading a couple papers that demonstrated that like it doesn't matter how like intelligent you are, um, it matters in terms of how much effort and how much work you're able to put in, how much you're able to like persist and persevere um, through challenges and obstacles. Because like it doesn't matter if you're like super smart and like you're able to like, I don't know, like, I don't know if this is like a smart thing but like do a rubik's cube in like 10 seconds or whatever the record for whatever that is um but it's like a matter of like how you're able to apply that how you're able to like navigate through systems to be able to like um achieve like statuses to like be able to utilize um your like intelligence or whatnot um and i think i remember reading somewhere where there's like a growing issue with telling people that you're smart which is why you're able to get that grade. You're smart. And that's why you were able to like get a 4.0 as opposed to like really discussing how much effort that someone puts into it. Because at the end of the day, it's that's a huge factor in terms of how well you're able to like succeed. 
through the systems, right? How you're able to persist and persevere and like um, push through as we were like discussing um, and like what you guys can mention in terms of like trying hard. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that sometimes, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like your level of intelligence doesn't determine your, your success. People would always t- like, okay, this is going to sound really sad, but at school there are like a couple of times when I would be like alone with the teacher talking about like a homework assignment or something. And whenever they would tell me like, you're really smart, like compared to like, I'm going to be honest with you, like compared to like other people, like you're intelligent. And I would like, I would like cry. I, I don't, okay. I don't know why I would cry. It's just like, it just feels like a lie. Cause like me being smart, it just doesn't, maybe that's just me. I just don't feel it. Like, I don't think that I'm smart and maybe that's just like some sort of issue I have, but it just makes me cry because just because I'm smart doesn't mean I'm going to like get into college or something, you know, something as basic as that. It's just, or weird. it could be like they were kind of crediting like your hard work to something that you just have and they don't have it. So like, they're almost like jealous or they, it's just, they're yeah. just discrediting you and like who you are and like what you've been working for just saying, Oh, you're just smart or something. Maybe that was why it was hurtful. That's just one idea. Or like I would talk to a student and I was like, Oh my gosh, like, you know how like every like student or okay, high school, when you're in high school, you just think like, Oh, like I'm worried I'm not going to get into like a good college or whatever. But I would talk to some students and be like, girl, you don't even have to worry. Like you're going to do it. Like everyone knows it. I'm just like, just because everyone else knows it doesn't mean like I know it, you know? I don't know. I think it's weird. Yeah, I think it comes into the idea of, like, validation um, and whether or not they're validating your concerns. Um, And, again, like, I think it also comes into the idea of downplaying um, a lot of, like, other factors that come into play. Like, Like, I think, like, it parallels with, like, our conversation in terms of, like, resiliency versus persistence and then, like, intelligence versus, like, effort in terms of, like, grades or whatever. Um, like by telling someone you're intelligent, again, it downplays the amount of hours that you're studying, reading and catching up on material and working, um, as opposed to, yeah, like it just downplays it. I know that my social life in high school for last year, for junior year, it wasn't the best. Like I would always stay in the library, like doing my homework because my parents would always get on me like on my grades and I'm just like I literally moved schools I have no friends and they're telling me to focus on my schoolwork so I would just be in the library like pushing through trying to make it to high school because that's what my parents want me to do and it's like you know persevere do all the work you'll do you'll be fine you'll feel happy as soon as you're done and I was like okay so yeah that's a big thing I think I'm taking this psychology course I brought it up earlier the science of well-being and it's the most popular course at Yale, and it's available for free on Coursera. So I would definitely recommend it if you have some extra time, or to anyone listening. It's really interesting. And a big thing they talk about is the, I guess, misconceptions we have about what will make us happy. And like, so for example, like a good job, we think if it just pays a certain amount, that's what's going to make us happy, and I guess having a certain level of wealth. But what they found is what actually makes people happy about their jobs is they get to use their strengths, and they get to like use their characteristic strengths like the things that they actually feel they're really good at and feel like they're really productive at and then being able to use that to like help others is like a big thing also um and just being able they get to be in a state of flow a lot where they feel like they are um 
they kind of lose track of time. Like it's something that it's just right in the right challenge zone, not feeling impossible, but not feeling like boring or mundane. So a lot of these things about jobs and they talk about that's a great goal to have, but maybe for like those reasons, instead of just like, um, because it's prestigious or, or something, gain a lot of respect for it. Cause that, that may not be truly fulfilling in the end. So they have all these different studies and surveys to try to figure out what actually makes people happy about certain things. Cause sometimes we just, we, um, certain things motivate us, but then when we arrive there, we might not be as happy. Then we have to go transfer jobs and like search for like the meaning of life. Cause it's just like that. Maybe that wasn't true the whole time. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's just because we live in, like, a materialistic world and, like... Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different topic to get into. It is! <laughs> like, a little side side trail detour. But, but I think it connects back to resilience because it's almost like just putting your head down and, and pushing through and getting to the end of it without questioning things. Sometimes it is good to question things. Mm-hmm. But also work hard. We're not advocating against working hard, guys. Work for your goals. But be mindful when you're setting your goals. Yeah. But just, like, pay attention, I guess, to the kinds of goals that you're setting for yourself. It's a big thing. Because, like, and then in life, like, there are other goals, too, besides just, like, grades um, or, oh like, God, yes. graduating. <laughs> there are so many worthy goals. It's so, so hard to think of it, though. Like, the only thing I can think of are is, like, okay, well, to get the title of a doctor is one um to have a family i guess and that's about it school and family (laughs) and then just to also note like uh, we're going to touch on this in the the other podcast too but like your priorities change like through different chapters of your life and so like one priority not trying to dissuade you kaylin if this not but 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 i'm saying that like your your like desire like priorities of being a doctor may um, like go down as you like continue on on your like journey and you're writing your story of your life and like something else you prioritize but like that's not saying that like you wanting to be a doctor is like gone like it can go back up it's just one of those back and forth dynamic yeah, things I know people tell me that and so sometimes I get scared because they're like every they're like telling me like oh everyone switches their major in college and I'm just like I really don't want to switch my major like if I do I'm gonna be like really sad but I don't know I had that mentality when I was in college, too. Um, I was strictly a biology major, but then I discovered that I really loved, like, field biology, and I could have switched majors last minute um, and got the degree, but I didn't. But I could also have done, like, a sociology major, public health major. Those would have been interesting. Um, But, and again, like, well, this part might be cut out, but, like, I think in terms of like becoming a doctor because like I like I'm pre-med I guess technically still um and so one of the things that I've had to like kind of stop and like the reason why one of the reasons I'm taking a sabbatical um is because I wasn't prioritizing like my own mental health and emotional health um and like I kept really emphasizing on grades and performance and extracurriculars and like my physical health and mental health was like horrendous by the time I finished my master's program um I have like multiple panic and anxiety attacks that I've never had before and like um so like I've had to unfortunately like put becoming like a physician or going to med school like on the back burner of things 
and get my mental health to that state first. So like, I'm not saying that that's going to happen to you. It's just like an example of like other things may come up. I kind of like the struggle sometimes. Like, or like for instance, with schoolwork, I kind of like getting dumped a lot because then I feel like really motivated to do it. It's weird. Like I like having a lot of like dead. Okay. It's like deadlines. I don't, I don't know. I know they're scary to some people, but I kind of like them. I don't know why. It's like, it's fun. <laughs> some people are going to be like, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's like fun, I guess, kind of. I think it's fun. Yeah. Like, it can be too. Like, it's one of, uh, like, I think it may be the satisfaction. At least for me, it's the satisfaction of like, haha. I'm like checking yeah. something complete. off too. <laughs> complete. <laughs> like, complete. Yeah. I, like I, I, I kind of identify with that, but also like procrastination was real for me sometimes. But then at the same time, like, what my thing I would look forward to was tests. Like, I actually genuinely enjoyed tests. Um, I would, like, oh, my gosh, starting in, like, I guess fourth grade, we would have our state tests, and that was, like, a holiday for me. So I would come in, I'd have all my pens and pencils, and I'd write my name, like, on the front cover in, like, my best handwriting, and I was just, like, ready to go. And I think I think a lot of that had to do with being prepared and um, just – and then it just continued. It never stopped. I remember preparing for my middle school uh, – independent entrance exam with my dad and he just made it really fun and I I guess I didn't really get like penalized if I got a wrong answer or something like he would just kind of make it fun and just like focus on on learning as much as possible and I think having the focus on learning and not on not on grades always made tests fun for me because I I think it was for me like something I could reflect on like how well did I actually like learn the material and it didn't feel like the end of the world if I didn't get the grade that I wanted. I think that's so cool that like you had that. I've recently learned in terms of like the difference between learning and then the difference between like doing something because it's expected of me and then kind of juggling those because like for me while going through school like I was performing to perform to get the grade as opposed to like actually learning the material and like retaining it and being able to utilize it if that makes sense yeah um yeah coming to terms of like what does it mean in terms of like succeeding in this course does it mean like getting an a um and then not learning anything out of it or does it mean like really like getting everything that i can if i do happen to get an a as like a consequence of it like good for me but like if i get a b that's great as well like no big deal yeah when it comes to assignments sometimes teachers like assign so much that i tell myself like okay i'm just gonna finish their assignment and then whenever i'm done with that I'm going to do my own studying to do it. Cause like, I don't know. I would always end up having to do like double the work. Cause I just don't like how the teachers are making us study for a test. And so it would feel like a lot, <laughs> but also Danny, what you said, like when you were younger, how um, like learning was made fun for you. I'm like a little bit jealous of you. Cause whenever I would get something wrong, like multiple times my parents would hound on me for getting it wrong especially if it came to like a math problem because like the typical asian parents like it's so annoying like they would have in their study room they would have like like when i was in first grade they would have the multiplication chart and the division chart and like everything addition and subtraction things and then like, you just got to memorize it and i was like okay okay sounds cool <laughs> yeah I would have to ask my brothers because I know three different kids and, and the same parents, I guess, like how it all kind of impacted us. It could have been different, but maybe it was just also my personality too. 
that yeah. kind of and doing the tests. It's like certain. I just like focus on certain things, I guess. And I can understand like nervousness and like I guess with anticipation and like I guess fear of failure. I remember like in cross country, like I would get nervous and maybe like the ten seconds before the start of the race, like we would all be like jogging around, warming up, having fun, like seeing who else is there, and then we'd all line up with their teams. And then I would just get this like sense of dread just in the 10 seconds before. And I knew that if I could just push through that and then once I started running, I'd be using that energy and then I'd be in a lot of pain, but not actually pain, but just like actually pushing really hard. But I'd be having fun and it would be more like uh, kinetic energy, like positive momentum and moving forward. And I think um, just having a good balance with that because I think if we think too much about like the result or the outcome or like how we're performing, that can definitely start to weigh down, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know that whenever I would start, like, like it would be, like, five minutes before, like, the marathon starts for us. Like, the timer goes off when we start. I would be, like, so scared. Like, my heart rate would be so up high because I was, like, oh, my gosh. Like, what if I, like, can't make it past the first mile and I have, like, 25 more miles to go? And then so the whole time during the five minutes, I would tell myself, okay, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, it's not a grade. Like, it doesn't matter if I, like, cross the finish line. I would just, like hammer down on myself saying like it doesn't matter so like I can feel fine which is like a weird way to do it but that's usually what I do <laughs> yeah when things don't matter it just takes all the pressure off and you're just doing yeah. it why else are you doing it you're doing it because you enjoy it um, yeah. and that's a lot more fun <laughs> than doing it because you feel like you have to <laughs> um, <laughs> like yeah. okay, this is like totally off topic but like um when it comes to like colleges um jokingly like of course like my parents want me to like support myself I'm like yeah like I can do that like go to college and I'm just like always stressed whenever I tell them I'm stressed about like getting into like a college my aunt would jokingly say like oh like don't worry like you know you can always just marry someone rich and I'm just like I mean (laughs) if I was to have like financial security in the future I would still want to like go to college and learn and do something but yeah. I, if I don't, ha- if I don't have like that economic, like financial security, then I guess there would be more stress because I know that if I fail, there's going to be consequences. But like, you know, that's just that, something. that made me think of like that share quote. That's like, her mom was like, you know, sweetheart, one day you should settle down to marry a rich man. And she said, mom, I am a rich man. like that's like something you should be like I am going to be the rich person like so to wrap up our episode today we talked about the word resilience and the different connotations that it may carry the expectations that come along with it and the importance of challenging it and thinking about ways that we can work smarter and not necessarily harder and also of course being mindful of our mental health um, along the journey and just like a last minute reminder um Whenever you're faced with a challenge, just remember to take a step back, reevaluate the situation, and then see if there's anything else you can do to like make the challenge a little bit easier. And I think you guys might find that it will help. And that's all, folks. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. To continue the conversation, check out the Steve Fund website for blog posts and summaries of our podcast. While you're there, feel free to also explore different programs, initiatives, and events that the Steve Fund has coming up. 
If you would like to leave any future topics or themes for us to discuss, or even a comment, feel free to email us at yiv@stevefun.org. Thanks, and until you tune in again, be safe and be well.